Um, okay, so before we jump in, we should probably address the elephant in the room, right? Uh, so myself and Sebastian bought an elephant, um, we're not in the same house as each other right now, I'm gonna have it from Monday to Wednesday, he's gonna have it from Thursday to Friday, and then alternating Sundays, just to make it fair. Um, <laughs> Alright, this is, this is now recording, cool. This is yeah. now recording, yes, yes, that's why, that. that's why my personality just got really fake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. No, sorry, I just thought that was you all the time. No, no. I'm, I'm just fake in general, okay. Um, <laughs> um, but no, look, I, 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 I don't want to just, like, you know, be dishonest with people and pretend that it was always you with me or something, you know what I mean? Um, this is, well, I will just say, I don't need to tell the, the podcast people everything, but I also want to be somewhat transparent. Um, the, but due to some uh, creative and personal differences, um, me and Brendan have decided to move away from uh, co-hosting the show together. I don't think it's any, um, like, I don't think it's a secret to anybody that this podcast was my thing before it was his. So I choose to continue to do this and to keep my love of The Simpsons alive. So I will now be hosting the show with Sebastian. I thank Brendan for his time and uh, we'll be trying something new and interesting. We'll see what happens. But... Please, Sebastian Sanger, did I say your name correct? Yeah, you said it perfect. Thank, Thank you very you. much. It took a couple of um, months, it took yeah. about half a year to say it correctly, but hey. <laughs> it's, it's good to be here. Um, I think it's the same sort of dynamic. Like, I'm not a Simpsons expert. Yeah. Uh, I don't claim to be. I'm, mm. I've watched a fair few of the older seasons. Um, the episode we're talking about today is probably the first episode I've watched of the newer seasons. You really think so? Um yeah, apart from like bits I've caught on TV, mm. but I'm um, I want to be educated. Yeah, by you because obviously you're the expert. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, I'll try and come in with a more like casual opinion on everything, and then you can correct me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds good to me. Well, you know, that, 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 that's kind of the fun thing about like having a new host is that my whole point of the show was always like to introduce people to the newer seasons of The Simpsons and to kind of break that myth of like um the, that that the new seasons are complete garbage and like i i always say the golden seasons of the show are the golden seasons for a reason like it's called the golden years for a reason but i definitely think that the the newer episodes are massively underappreciated and there's like there's real episodes to shine like this one i personally think really does um so it's cool to get to introduce a new person to that world and to force someone into <laughs> watching the newer seasons uh, but when we when when we started doing the show, like in in our first, in the original first episode, we spoke about like what the show means to us and our own history of watching The Simpsons. So, do you have any introduction like that for us, Sebastian? Yeah, I mean, I can sort of pinpoint where my love of The Simpsons began. Mm. Um, I remember it was always on Channel Four when yeah. I was having my dinner <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah, that's so six I o'clock. Always quite then, and my cousin who's a lot older than me, he was also obsessed with The Simpsons. Maybe not as much as you. Mm. Um, but he, I went over to their house and he had this Duff Beer storage unit. Yeah, like yeah, a yeah. giant Duff Beer. <laughs> and I'm sure you'd be able to find it if you Googled it. 
And I'm sure. I opened it up, and inside was pretty much every single season up to that point. I mean, this was like 2008, and he pretty much had every single season, and mainly on VHS. Nice. Um, and VHS, wow. I was like saying how much I loved that, and then they actually gave it to me one day. Not the actual Duff Beer storage unit, I think he still has that, but mm. they gave me all the VHSs. Oh, he had all the VHSs? Jeez, yeah. that, that's a really good cousin. Yeah. <laughs> so, and at the time, I only had the TV that played uh, VHS, so right. um, I just absolutely rinsed them. That's so cool. Like from when I was like eight. <laughs> yeah, what seasons would they have been? Then, like the first ten or something like that. Yeah, it must be something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean they, they haven't they haven't done that many more seasons on DVD since then. I have them all as well. They've only done up to nineteen because of like putting the show onto streaming services and stuff like that. They haven't been releasing the DVDs along with it. To make more people go to the streaming services you know what i mean um but yeah i miss dvds i like the, the the novelty of it also the the creators and the writers and stuff do commentary for every single episode one of the only shows i know of that does commentary for every single episode which is nice um and it's nice the, the, like the artwork the actual actually like holding the dvd because i know that the so satisfying. dvd cases have like there's real thought put into them, yeah. yeah. There's like always a letter from Matt Groening in it, and there's real love put into those DVDs. You can see the difference between like those and like when I get like Family Guy DVDs, which I, which I do as well. And I'm not shitting on Family Guy. It's just the, the DVDs is it feels much more industrialized. It's like it's just here's right. the episodes of the seasons, and that's it. You know what I mean? But when you, when you get like a, when you get like an art house film on DVD, and it's just from like a BFI or something, it's literally just the case with the dvd that's it with the movie yeah yeah totally it's like yeah. I, I could have just got this on a streaming service then like, I, I want something a little bit yeah extra for a dvd no, definitely nowadays, there needs to be a reason for people to buy dvds 100 percent like becoming redundant yeah 100 percent. you need to have like a commentary or a making of feature or something like that I, I think you should have both actually and something else on top of that like with records as well people buy records to listen to on a clearer format but also having the artwork and you know having this large thing in real life yeah yeah something extra special you obviously want the, the commentary over the songs no imagine that oh yeah, yeah. of course my favorite <laughs> that'd be really weird <laughs> <laughs> like dark side of the moon pink floyd just talking over it being like oh, i remember when we recorded this yeah that was really good yeah, I, was... I, was, I was tripping balls oh this is when we were really tripping balls <laughs> yeah, like no i think we were tripping balls describing... more on this pair <laughs> bon jovi describing living on a prayer or something <laughs> Yeah, I remember like the time we made it, I was just like, I was thinking very biblical, you know? <laughs> it felt like I was living on a prayer almost, so that's where the lyric came from. That's, okay. <laughs> that's where the inspiration really came from. It came from a very deep <laughs> philosophical place. <laughs> All right, well, are you good to jump into the episode then? Yeah. All right, so we're reviewing uh, Encore Femmes, or Encore Femmes. Um, I don't know what episode of the season this is actually, but it's the 701st episode overall. Um, in case you didn't know that, and that a fun fact. Kind of a cool, kind of a cool place to start as well. Like the last one, Brighton did was the 700th, it's, and then we're going. It's cool, but also kind of weird. <laughs> but we'll roll with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're jumping into the episode. Um, we jump in, and Carol sees at the at the power plant. Carol sees something. Uh, unspeakable at the plant that's uh, going to be hard for him to whistleblow. Uh, Smithers offers him a non-disclosure agreement and he asks what's in it for him. Um, we then cut to that he's gotten tickets for him and Homer for a Rod Steiger concert 
and uh, Homer decides to close shop early. Uh, we meet. I, I forgot to look it up. We meet Rod. Is it Rod Steiger? Steiger. You know. Yeah. We meet him later on in the episode. Is he a real person? I presume he's a guest there. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm assuming oh, he was in a band or something. Oh, you don't know either, I yeah. Know. I think they actually mentioned the band in the episode as well. I just thought because you're a bit of a more of a music enthusiast than I am that you might yeah. know who this guy is. But no. This is, this is dad rock territory, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your favourite genre. <laughs> Homer tells Marge that the curse of nothing ever happening to him has been lifted. Uh, but he's agreed to attend the kids' uh, sailing trip and wrote a reminder on the cat and dog to make sure that he would remember. I love the line, this is curse is not like, ever happening, being lifted. Just like everything has happened to this man. <laughs> everything that could possibly happen to a person and more yeah. has happened to Homer Simpson. Well, yeah, it's 701 times now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, should have, he should have died multiple times, just everything. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but, but Marge is hosting a red carpet viewing party, so Homer gives in and lets the lets her go with the kids while he goes to his concert. Uh, so Marge gives in anyway and, and, and attends this this sailing trip and uh, this boat trip with the kids, where the captain, by order of the decree, gets the kids to clean the rust off the boat while the parents break up into groups uh, and watch over. Uh, you did, did you know who the who this captain was? Who the voice of this captain was? Tell me. No, no, it was Nick Offerman. I'm not sure if you know him. He's in Parks and Recreations. He's in a bunch of movies as well. You, you, you know him to see for sure. He always has a mustache. Yeah. Um, but uh, he played this character to a more substantial degree in a different episode that involved Homer and Bart going on a ship to try and fix their relationship. Um, but then the, 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 the Sarah Wiggum, who we meet later on in the episode, Megan Mullally, mm -hmm. that's like his... His wife in real life, so I kind of presume that's why they brought him back for this episode. As a little, that's an interesting fact. Yeah, yeah, there you go. As a little, uh, little Easter egg. But um, Luan Millhouse's mom says, imagining being paired up with someone as dull and quiet as Sarah Wiggum, which Marge and Evelyn does get paired up with Sarah. And uh, Marge asks her, "Hey, Sarah, we've met before. I'm Bart's mom, Marge. Hi. <sighs> so." Overnight field trips. The things we do for our kids. Kids. So, have you ever been on a battleship before? Probably. We've all been in situations like this before. We know someone like this. Yeah, with the person that is... What's that? That bit made me laugh, just probably. Like, what a ridiculous answer. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been on a battleship before? Probably. Like, probably. You, you know. Yeah, we want people like this who their answers are somehow giving you less information than, than yeah. they already knew about you. Yeah. We also had a, a quick little snippet of Ralph uh, biting his jukebox by accident because he forgot. <laughs> I love that line. It's just so stupid and so Ralph. Just like. I bit my jukebox because I forgot. <laughs> uh, we had cut to the, the Rod Steiger concert. Homer and Carol uh, get seats so close they can see the labels on the medication. <laughs> and Homer's like, woo, mild depression rules. Because <laughs> he's using, using the same medication that guy's using. Uh, um, and then Wiggum sits beside them, uh, praising Mr. Burns' payoffs. And uh, he mentions how happy he is that Sarah uh, went on that field trip. And the ladies love that World War II stuff. 
And uh, Homer's like, great line as well, just that he 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 sees why they're always giving the uh, presence of DVDs and books about World War, because it's really for them. Yeah, I love that, because it's like the complete opposite. It's it's always the guy buying something for the woman, and it's really for them. It's never the other way around yeah. like it is in the show. Yeah, yeah, 100%. To be fair, though, I did understand that joke, at least... What I related to is I remember my grandmother used to always get my grandfather like World War Two documentaries. There's like giant encyclopedias of different like battles and wars and stuff for birthdays and Christmas, or whatever. And I never once heard of my grandfather having any interest in that stuff. That wow! It felt like it was. And, and did she? I don't think so. It felt like it was just like a manly gift to give your husband. Just assumed. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not really know much about him. Just no, assumed. surely he has some interest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we cut back to the boat. Marriage is like cleaning up with Sarah. And she says, uh, funny stories is her favorite way of getting to know someone. Uh, Sarah is just talking. <laughs> She's like listing her 10 favorite ways of getting to know somebody. <laughs> like, what, what, what about you? Just talking. <laughs> just a quick one word responses. Like, you know, you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's definitely helpful. And uh, she, Mary says she should probably go back to the kids, but Sarah says they're all in bed. And she, she goes in and sees the clock, says that it's midnight. Sarah shows her a phone that's actually 8.50 and, like, winks at her. She actually turned the clocks um, forward to make the, the kids think that it was midnight so that they'd go to sleep. And Marge is very impressed. Uh, to be fair, this, actually, this to me was pretty a great genius. Payoff. Yeah. Because I, I don't know how many episodes she's been in before. But this is certainly the first episode I've seen her in. Yeah, no, this character and is a complete blank canvas before the, this the, episode. The payoff was great because I genuinely thought, okay, this is just the first version of Ralph. Yeah, this yeah. Is just where Ralph gets himself from. A female Chief Wiggum, like. Yeah. But <laughs> no, no, it's different, and I liked it. The payoff was good. Really, really interesting. Yeah, no, this character is a complete blank canvas. The the, the woman voicing her in this episode, Megan Mullally, has never voiced her prior to this. Um, she was, she did speak in other episodes, I think voiced by um, Tres McNeil, who does a lot of female characters on the show. Um, this is a very different voice to what she had in the show previously, but th- th- this voice gives her more humanity, for sure. Like, it, 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 it's, it's, she's well casted. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing to this character. Like, she was literally, she was always just Chief Wiggum's wife and Ralph's mom. Like, there's been nothing to her. So, I think they really, really do take the opportunity here of just completely building on this character that, that we know literally nothing about the yeah, end moving forward from there uh sarah drinks starts drinking some pocket alcohol and talks about immediately gets really chatty after one sip of alcohol talks about how much she hates this trip and says uh to marriage that um she's just quiet she's not shy or awkward she's just quiet and uh marriage confesses to thinking that she was boring and uh, they just have a little laugh together she talks about how tough it is being uh Having a husband with a highly dangerous job that he's not good at, and an appetite so fierce that each cheese he sucks on, each cheese of crust he sucks on, uh, could be his last. And marriage can relate. Uh, she admits to feeling taking taken for granted, and marriage says they should have more hangouts. But Sarah says she would uh, love to, but there's a reason why she keeps it herself. And then we see like. I can't remember. It's just like the reflection of the boat or something like that. We see like two figures coming towards them. It's it's the, in the reflection of the the whiskey bottle. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, the, the reflection of the whiskey bottle. 
Um, and Marge is like, ooh, secret reason. And she, one of them puts a bag over Sarah. And Marge goes, Sarah! Puts a bag over Marge. <laughs> Marge! And it's like her blue hair pops out through the bag. Yeah, I was going to say, it would have to be a really big bag. <laughs> to contain all that hair, yeah. The beast of hair within Marge. So they, they, they we're at like some sort of fabric house or something. And did you see the pun of that? <laughs> so stupid, but also kind of great. It was like... Fabric loot, fabric lootly fabricless instead of absolutely I fabulous. Didn't know how to catch that. So dumb, but kind of brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> fabric lootly fabricless. <laughs> you could tell that that was the writers like they could not cooperate anything else, and they just gave in with that. But that's kind of why I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of why I love it. Um, but Sarah asks why they had to bring marriage in on it. Uh, she's just a vanilla soccer mom. Um, one of them is like you know. Once I start bagging heads, I can't stop. But Sarah introduces marriage to Bet and Aaron, her old partners from when she was a thief. Um, she's one of them says, "Oh, I can see you're into the Yankee Yankee Candle crowd now," which is another joke I could relate to because my mom is genuinely obsessed with Yankee Candles. <laughs> I get them for her every Christmas. And I always feel like a shit son because it's like I don't know anything that you're interested in, but I know you like candles, so. Yeah. You really can. And as long as she pretends that she enjoyed it, there's no embarrassment. <laughs> I genuinely think she does. Maybe that's just her fooling me really well. <laughs> but they're they're big. They last a long time, and they smell fantastic. To be fair, to Yankee Candle. Um, Which flavor was it? I, I mean, I get her ones every year, but the one I got here like this most recent Christmas was like it was like Christmas mint or something like that. To be fair, smelled fantastic. <laughs> smelled really, really good. <laughs> But we have a cut back to um, Homer and Wiggum and they meet Rod Seiger uh, backstage. I'm also just realising now that uh, Carol is totally taken out of the picture after this point. <laughs> yeah. He was the reason yeah, why he right. got into the concert and he just disappears yeah. after that last scene. I'm <laughs> just realising. But yeah, Carol's gone now. Um, they meet Rod Seiger. And again, I presume this is a real person and this is the guy doing his, doing the voice of himself. Um, Wiggum talks so much him. research we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's it's pretty you know um, normal that the Simpsons but would have. When there's a character like that. I'm assuming they're real. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. for for the Simpsons, that's often the case. Uh, Wiggum tells him about the time that uh, he ran into him at, a, at an airport, but was too shy to talk to him. But in the end, it turned out it wasn't actually him. Which <laughs> is like such a nothing story. It's like, why would you tell him that? <laughs> And Homer mentions to him how they um, got out of going on a boat trip with their kids and made their wives go instead to go to this concert. And Rod Seiger is like immediately outraged because he's like a golden, yeah, yeah, he's like a golden (laughs) husband. And the the dates in the back of the back of the shirt. Yeah, you. Like, it's not the tour dates. It's every time I've done something nice for my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's just listen. So many things. He's clearly just this fantastic husband, and all the band are really upset at Homer and Wiggum for what they did. So they decide to go and uh, find their ladies to impress Siger. <laughs> I love for the whole episode that they like their motives are always so flawed. Yeah, it's like okay, you know, you're doing the right thing by for your wives. Yeah. But... Also, you're only doing it because one of your role models <laughs> says you should. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. But uh, going back to the the warehouse where they're being held captive, Sarah reveals herself. Bet and Aaron used to be they used to pickpocket wallets, watches, and MP3s that held a hundred songs. 
<laughs> Which is really, I thought it was really funny because I do recall a time where that was impressive to me. <laughs> Some, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas now if I was losing storage due to having a thousand songs, I'd be annoyed. Exactly. <laughs> I remember the, the mini iPods came along. Yeah, yeah, I had an iPod Nano, which was a big mistake. It pissed me off so much. Yeah. Did you ever have an iPad Nano? I had the the one that had the little screen on it, not like the tiny tiny. One. It had like a little screen but on it. Like you couldn't so you could actually you couldn't touch the screen though. Oh, you could. No, this yeah. is before. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the iPod Nano, which was kind of like a progression in between the classic iPod that everyone would think of and like the iPod Touch, which would be, which then became the iPhone. The iPod Nano just had so many glitches. Like the, it was like a little circular thing that you used to move up and down. Right. Yeah. yeah I could yeah. just never get it working properly. What well, was the really tiny one though that you could like attach to yourself? It didn't have a screen or anything. It was like. Oh yeah, I remember that. Uh, it was little... called. It was just called an iPod Mini. Probably. Yeah, yeah. It didn't even have a screen. How the hell did you even use that? <laughs> probably a pain in the ass. You probably just have to like press a button or like press the button for ages to try and find the one song you want to listen yeah, to. Yeah, you can't pick. You just <laughs> you just have to accept whatever comes up. Yeah, exactly. That, that that was the thing with me with the iPad Nano. It was like it was so hard to use it trying to find that one song I wanted. I could just never navigate it. I would just give up and press shuffle. It's just whatever it is. But um, yeah, they they used to pickpocket all those things. Um, this a person called Red would um, assign them on these top cases where Sarah was always the honeypot, and from this point onwards, you get like all these like the title card coming up, kind of like in an oceans type way, revealing different details of characters and like what point of like the heist we're in and stuff like that. Um, but we we see you're meeting Wiggum for the first time. Uh, she flirts with Wiggum while the other two um, robbed the what 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 stuff they have hidden in like the evidence locker. Um, she asks if he's single and he says that he is and get, gets her an ice pack for her foot that she needs because she's wearing her high heel stilettos and she's she's being kind of sexy for the scene like, I'm, not, I'm not going to deny it <laughs> but um, yeah she she, 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 she she says like she what, what she was meant to do was to just distract but she didn't expect to become immediately smitten and then it cuts to them like uh, they, they did the nasty in some back room and uh, the girls get the bits and Tell her it's time to go, and <laughs> William just goes them. Um, oh, um, will you marry me? Probably. <laughs> her signature line. It's kind of a great catchphrase. <laughs> it's such a nothing answer to everything. <laughs> I think they did a really good job of like making this backstory believable. Hmm. Hundred percent. I like, loved it. Or chief, of course, Chief Wiggum's whole life he's been married to an ex-criminal. I know that he doesn't didn't know. Know it, of course. Yeah, because he's just such a bad police officer. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, the, the, the next one I have here is that Mar- marriage says, "Have you told Wiggum this?" And uh, she says, "I'm afraid Clancy's always been better at planting evidence than finding it." <laughs> such a brilliant line. I just thought that he's like just a genuinely flawed police officer. Like he's not as bad as his job. He's also corrupt. <laughs> Every stereotype of a bad police. Officer. Yeah, yeah, especially an American police officer. Um, but they find out that Red now goes by the name of Lindsay Nagel, to which Mary says, um, "Oh, I know her. She works at uh, as a female executive for multiple companies around town." So, did you get the reference there? No. No. No, so Lindsay Nagel, like, again, a character who kind of only came in the recent seasons, maybe, like, season 15 onwards or something like that. Um, 
you know, every animated show kind of has like a couple of characters who just work everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like Lindsay Nagel is one of those characters. Basically, it's like whenever they need like a successful female mogul of some kind, it's always her. So that's like the reference I Marge see. is making there that she works for multiple companies around town. Um, but and this uh, is, is this more frequent in the newer seasons yeah yeah like i said i don't think she even comes into the show at all until like maybe season 14 15 and stuff but like yeah it's like when they need like a successful female it's always her in the parish um like uh, who's the guy who's always like the lawyer the the, the blue-haired lawyer and i toss like that yeah what's his name he's literally no no, no the oh you mean uh, lionel, lionel hudds the guy he's like he's always the lawyer or advertising something or... oh gil yeah oh gil yeah. the pathetic the, pathet- the pathetic guy yeah yeah i love gil they really they, they have they have a lot of characters who like work everywhere there's also the wise guy you know, the guy the guy who does like this oh hey belly oh yeah yeah and you obviously know that huh you nailed that impression oh thank you very much um <laughs> and you obviously know the squeaky voice dean because he's like the guy who wears a crusty burger in every place else yeah like, he talks like this yeah they have, they have a few to be fair but yeah Lindsay Nagel is their female one anyway um, but Sarah agrees to uh, take her down and um, we go back to the boat uh, Wiggum and Homer went out to find their wives and the, the boat captain tells them that uh, they f- they that they had to flee likely because uh, women take such an have such an idealised view of the world war and are often disappointed when faced with the harsh reality <laughs> Then Ralph, who actually has more information than the captain does, says that they got new face bags and went through the, uh, the slidey door. <laughs> Wiggum was like, oh, don't worry, I, I, I speak fluent Ralph. And they were kidnapped. Uh, and then he's like, oh, there's only one person who would dare do such a thing to the chief of police and his slightly slimmer companion. <laughs> and we cut to uh, Fat Tony's office. In fact, Tony obviously has no involvement, and he's shook by Sarah's disappearance, and he's like, you know what, I need my officer and his family healthy, you know, without it, it would be a shame if, uh, without it, who would I say it would be a shame if something were to happen to about? And uh, he he assures Wigan that he deeply respects him, and he has, like, all these, uh, like, framed posters and newspapers on the wall, and one of them, like, refers to him as Chief Bungles, and there's a picture of Chief Wigan. Kind of looks like you. <laughs> you kind of look like that cheap bungles, <laughs> which I love. I I love their relationship because yeah, it 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 almost shouldn't work because they're almost too similar. But I just I think they all they always nail it. Just like I was gonna talk about this later. Like I love I love their friendship dynamic. Yeah, <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so stupid, but it's just, almost perfect. Yeah, exactly. They're like they're like your typical like stupid straight white males almost because they're both just like feeding each other stupid false information and agreeing with each other because they're both equally idiots. Like, <laughs> but um, William says he has no idea who could have taken Sarah because she's his little schmoopy poo, and that's all there is to her. <laughs> Tony says maybe they maybe they left because they're selfish men, and Homer and William are both like. Oh, that's the only explanation. It was all about us. The the ladies plan on breaking into the Gen Gala, which mentioned previously in the in the episode is the thing that Marge was like going to have a viewing party for that she couldn't go to because of going to the boat trip. Um, but um, they're going there to take Lindsay's tiara that contains a valuable stolen diamond, 
Um, knowing the gala really well, Marge tells them that their plan won't work as the entrance will be blocked by the human pyramid being formed by Beyonce's bodyguards. And uh, says they would really need a publicist who knows everything about the event to succeed in their plan and that the ladies think they have found a use for their soccer mom. Um, then Marge is like, but, but stealing is one of the, the big thou shall nots. And Sarah encourages her to take a walk on the wild side and, 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 and look good while doing it. I, I actually like, really like this line from Marge. She just goes, I always wanted to say this. I'm in. And they all like put their hands out apart from Marge. She puts her hair in instead of her head. And uh, we just get the, the little text, just the, the camaraderie. And then we get into like, uh, I guess th this would be like the final act of the episode. I don't know if you noticed, but TV shows are always... Like 20 minute TV shows like The Simpsons are always broken up into three acts. So like it's like a fade to black, fade out, and this is the final act, like after the final commercial. So our final act, uh, Ken, Ken Brockman's hosting the, the broadcast of the gala, um, where this year's theme is audacity, a bold contrast to last year's The Nerve. <laughs> we cut back to the house, and even though none of the family are home, <laughs> Patty, Selma, Smithers, Julio, and a few others are all watching the, the event in the house. Uh, too invested to even wonder where marriage is. Uh, Sarah and marriage snatch tickets, and marriage is overwhelmed by the the fifty five stairs, the tankery shoe sh shiner, and the iconic wheelchair ramp. <laughs> um, I love her line when she sees Rihanna. She's like, "Oh, I listened to all the clean versions of your songs." Yeah. <laughs> she's like the radio edits. Um, just further, like proving the point that she's just a vanilla soccer mom. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, then the the, the honeypot has returned. Actually, the the wise guy I, I, I just mentioned is uh, shows up. I forgot he's even in this episode, um, which proves my point that he works everywhere. Um, she she asked the wise guy for an ice pack and uh, to stop her leg from quivering, and he's like, "Ooh, right away, ma'am. Oh, hot stuff." And Homer and uh, Wigan are going looking around for their wives that. Uh, their favorite places, but it turns out they don't know them enough to know where that is. So they don't know where to go. Um, and uh, Fat Tony gives Ralph back to them. He's like, it was an honor minding your son. I find we are quite sympathetic. Uh, we both know nothing about nothing. <laughs> and we cut to, like, um, I think it was Louie and Johnny Tightlips were both watching the <laughs> the Ken Gala. Oh yeah. They're like, oh, that gender is fluid. I like to ask her for her pronouns, her, her pref preferred pronouns. <laughs> and they see their wives on TV, so they obviously naturally plot progression. They're going there now to go and get them. Um, marriage goes over oh, to. I, I don't know if we got to this bit yet, but the yeah. the bit um where the reporter comes in and he's like hundreds of nobodies have gathered to see yes. dozens of somebodies walk up some stairs <laughs> yeah we did yeah, that was that, that was Ken Brockman absolutely bang on because the gang gala it's even like you get those things with the Oscars and stuff as well you have the red carpet it's the same basic thing but at least that then leads to award shows but like this is obviously a parody of like what's in that thing every year where people dress up in those really weird clothes <laughs> it is the <laughs> It is the something gala. Halloween? <laughs> no. Where celebrities wear really weird clothes for a fashion I, thing. Yeah, I can't think of the name. Oh, this damn. Is the, the generational wealth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but that's what, it, that's what it, obviously, it's, it's a parody of, like, but you're literally just watching people wearing clothes and walking. Like, <laughs> can you think of anything more sad? 
literally <laughs> talking about how you didn't like that person's clothes, but you did like this person's clothes. Mm-hmm, literally, which is exactly what Julio and Penny and stuff and stuff were saying over it. <laughs> but um, yeah, Mary shuts up Lindsay uh, while Sarah steals the diamond. And uh, she asks her, like, what, what, what saying does she wash your clothes on? And Lindsay's like, I, I hate to tell you this, but you're not famous, therefore you don't matter. And then Rainier Wolfcastle shows up and is like, Darling, stop talking to that empty chair and come take a selfie at the Fenty lip gloss fountain. Uh, Lindsay's fake diamond breaks and she realizes it was stolen and uh, sends the guards after Sarah and, Sarah and Marge. Then Homer and Wiggum show up to give their wives the attention they deserve, but... Uh, pass out and trying to walk up the 55 steps on the stairs <laughs> uh, the wives run into them and um, Sarah tells them to keep it down and Clancy grabs on her and is like now is not the time uh, when you're in love there's, there's there's always time for shouting and he's just like Sarah Wiggum Shwoopy Doopy <laughs> and obviously they hear that and find them um Nagel comes and Marge pulls the carpet from under her and just a horrific tumble down the stairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just literally going down like every 55 she's steps. immediately been replaced. Yeah, immediately been replaced with a new girlfriend by, by uh, Rainier Wolfcastle. Um, she's like, who's this? And he's like, my new girlfriend. Uh, you were tumbling for a long time. <laughs> Ridiculous. I don't know, is that like a low-key reference to like what happened with Aaron Schwarzenegger in real life? Because obviously he's a... He's a parody of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Do you know the thing that happened to Arnold Schwarzenegger? No. Take a drink every time I say Schwarzenegger. He um he had a relationship with the with with their maid, like himself and his wife Maria Shriver. He had a relationship with their maid, and I think the kid turned like a ten or eleven before any of the family found out about his existence. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, like he. So he where, where was he? Yeah. With, the, with the maid with the maid and like Aaron was seeing the kid and supporting yeah. the kid and stuff but I, I'm not sure it was a 10 I might be exaggerating but it definitely it was a couple of years before anyone found out about this <laughs> so messed isn't up isn't that fucked up <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> insane imagine being that kid though now, that'd be a documentary <laughs> yeah what, I mean, what that's a, a great film plot absolutely what would it be like to be Arnold Schwarzenegger's like son that he kept secret from the whole yeah. world basically yeah but um all from the maid's point of view from the, oh yeah yeah totally insane but um where are we now totally on the stairs oh yeah yeah a- a- Aaron and Beth accidentally uh opened the bag to reveal like the stolen accidentally opened the bag to reveal the stolen jewellery and like pin it on Lindsay Nagel and uh the text comes up being like the double betrayal you never saw coming but now you're like what <laughs> yeah which I actually didn't see coming before. Like that happens every no. single heist movie. That is exactly what we're thinking when we're seeing these films as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Anticipating this big plot twist. Like um, Homer offers the whole marriage's purse, but marriage says it's a party ensemble. Oh, she says ensemble <laughs> as they walk down the stairs. <laughs> and then we cut to um, like back to the house. Julio and Selma and stuff watching TV, and Julio was like, "I see nerve, but I uh, n- nothing audacious." And Selma's like, uh, Jeebus crackers, that's Marge. What's she doing there? And Julia's like, I know, she looks like dirt. 
and they all look at him like what the hell and he's like what what she would have wanted <laughs> which i don't believe marriage is a lovely woman maybe just for one one time a year she is just really critical and mean towards the clothes people's wearing but she's a just a golden wonderful character um we didn't cut back to the like the museum where the gala was on um and uh, Wiggum and Sarah did, did the naughty in the museum and she re- revealed everything to her, to him, and he's blow, blown away to find that his wife is a former jewel thief. And uh, <laughs> they're like, wait, where's Ralph? And he's, he's still with Fagtoni. And he's like, he, Fagtoni's eating ice cream like, I thought putting crushed up Oreos in cookies and cream uh, would be redundant, but it is actually transcendent. <laughs> and, I love uh, that he's turned Ralph into like his little apprentice. Yeah, so, yeah. He's wearing the big coat. <laughs> he's wearing the big fur coat, yeah, it's great. <laughs> and then his men are all like, you know, no schmooze. And like, I eat schmooze all he wants. And <laughs> Ralph's like, I love you, scary daddy. I love you too, Ralphie Sticky Hands. Just... Ralphie Sticky Hands, it just sounds like a... Like an actual gangster name. It's so <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Ralphie Sticky Heads. But um, yeah, that concludes the episode. I mean, look, we absolutely flew through it. Obviously, over time, we'll find more stuff to build in within the episode and stuff like that. But this is all starting afresh. Um, I thought we did very well, though, for our, our first time. For sure, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I you're a podcast I version. I didn't know when to interrupt you. <laughs> no, um, I think I think you're... But I have, like, I of thought... Things- from a casual point of view yeah 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 you might want to hear go for it um so what's the name of the um like the the bully who wears the white t-shirt he's bold uh kearney yeah he was like thrown into the chaperones with all the, the women. <laughs> yeah there are jokes I just that was so random there are jokes made often like that he has a kid and he's like <laughs> He's in his 30s and just like the, the school doesn't know how to teach him. There's a particular line I remember before where Otto says something to him on the bus like, um, Kearney, what are you doing here? Like, I, I went to school with you. And Kearney is like, stupid school doesn't know how to teach me. So, <laughs> there is like jokes made before that he's a lot older than the rest of them. And he does have a kid in, in Springfield Elementary. And there was a bit that... Um... Sarah was talking about Ralph. Yes. Um, she said uh, he's smart in ways we haven't figured out. Oh, yeah, that's a great line too. Yeah. <laughs> smart in ways we haven't figured out yet. It's just like kind of a a funny commentary on just like society now in general is we're trying to find a way to make everybody feel special. But also it's like almost her being in the Nile that like her kid is just a doofus. <laughs> like if he found his area of expertise yeah yeah exactly there's an episode where he nearly became president you know mm-hmm. yeah. uh yeah anything anything else oh i said like i love the dynamic between tony and ralph that he turns him into like his little gangster they i know into the bar and he's using the like slot machine so funny <laughs> but yeah what's your what's your general sum of the episode in general there I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first um yeah, like I, I wouldn't say I really enjoyed it, mm. but it was. I still liked it. Yeah. I, I obviously going off what people say about New Simpsons. Mm. I didn't go in with that high expectation. But yeah. I did enjoy it. Good, good. And I, I thought it was a bit more refreshing, and I think 
obviously, as I've only watched the old ones, it was something new and it was a bit of fresh air. Like the way they approach it is a lot different. Oh, 100%. Yeah, very, very different. I, I, I think this episode is different from even like episodes from, from this season anyway. I, I, I think it's as, as a definitely a very unique episode uh what i wrote is i i, I thought it had great gags um a wonderful and unique story that completely utilizes the blank canvas they had to work with that is sarah wiggum um i thought Me- megan Mullally did a fantastic job in the part and um i think it shows that even on the show's 701st episode they still have unique stories to tell and uh untouched territory to explore yeah, I I I really really like this episode. I was I was very fun. I thought that was a great one for us to jump into first because, like you said, it it, it is really unique and um, kind of the way the plot progresses and stuff like that is quite different from a typical Simpsons episode. I really yeah, liked it. Like a, yeah, it's a good good place to start because it's. Would you say it's one of the better of the season? I would say it's one of the best episodes of the yeah. season. Definitely, it would be my favorite episode of the season, but definitely one of the definitely in the top three. I would say, yeah, hundred percent. Um, Another uh, joke I wrote down that I thought was quite funny was uh, hmm. when Homer sees Marge on the TV and he's like, if I'm not mistaken, that's what Marge looks like when she's happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Brilliant line. If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought this was a wonderful episode. Like I said, it was just, yeah, it was a, it was a fun place to start. Definitely. I, I also sure. thought um, the episode did a really good job of... Um, kind of having like a female power thing going on but it was never on the nose it was never you know overdone i liked that yeah yeah it was really nicely done and like i said i did i, I thought megan Malley was brilliant in the part and um you know like there, there was never anything to that character like she she's not a character you would even think of um she was so so secondary and minor like now i actually yeah, i i, I, I yeah, would like to see brought her to life yeah exactly like i would like to see more of sarah in the future mm-hmm. you know I thought they did a great job. Um, but yeah, that's all that I really had to say about the episode. Do you have anything you'd like to add before we move on? I think, obviously, we're doing this first episode over Zoom. Yes, is, yeah. Uh, yeah, let, 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 let's not, uh, yeah, cheap strikes and all that. Let's not uh, yeah. beat around the bushes. I was telling Sebastian recently about a podcast I listened to. It was um, Kevin Hart's podcast, and his guest was Cedric the Entertainer and they're talking on it being like it's so good to finally meet you in person like oh my god it's been so long because of covid it's been way too long it's so great to be with you in the room again but you can tell that Sedgwick entertainer is on zoom because the, the quality of his voice isn't as good as kevin Hart's. do you know what i mean yeah. it's like why are you pretending and, and, and it's not like he had a different microphone they have the budget to have the same high quality microphone yeah he works for sirius xm radio like one of the biggest stations in the world if he was in the same room the audio would have been way crisper <laughs> like i said no need to beat around the bushes um but um the next one will be doing in real life so Fingers crossed, yeah. Yeah, fingers yeah. crossed. But we tested the audio beforehand, and, and, and it sounded fine. So, like, if this needs to happen in the future, I don't think it's a problem having you on Zoom. I think our yeah. dynamic is fine, too. But, obviously, better to be in the same the room. thing, yeah. Yeah, that aspect, too, is, is fine, too. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm going to jump into my new segment. That's okay with you, Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, this isn't Dylan's fact of the week, no? No, I like Simpsons this. Simpsons fact of the week. Do you want to get that done first? I like this. Yeah, we're unprepared for this, but um, I'll I'll do more in the future. So S- Sebastian suggested a new segment for me to do for him because of uh, 
what a Simpsons simp he is. No, I'm a simp. Um, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? A, a, a layman. Um, so I, I should do like a Simpsons fact of the week to like educate Sebastian on the show. Um, I'm, I'm taking note of it right now, so I remember to do it next week. But um, I'll just make one up on the spot now. Not make one up, but try and think of a... <laughs> yeah, don't, don't make it up. Don't make it up. <laughs> uh, Homer's voice actor is actually a lizard. Um, <laughs> let me try to think of a good one. You, I'm sure you know about the Tracy Allman show. Go on. Oh, you don't know about the Tracy Allman show? Well, this is a... Oh, this is the, the Matt Groening show before... Yeah, yeah like, like The Simpsons originated as like a little sketch on this sketch show that yeah. then led to, yeah... Like, it's so, I mean, I, 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 that, that won't be the fact then, because that, that's pretty well-known knowledge, but, like, I always find it so interesting that The Simpsons is technically a spin-off, but you would never think it, because it's so much more successful than the show that came before it, like, um, God, what's an interesting fact? I'm drawing blank now. Um... Oh, and the first season of the show, actually a lot of people don't, don't even actually really know this, the first season of the show, so Mr. Burns' voice actor, Harry Shearer, who also voices like Ned Flanders and Otto, Principal Skinner, loads of characters, one of the best actors on the show, I think, um, he didn't voice Mr. Burns in the first season, um, I forget the name of the actor, it was Chris something, but he took over the voice from season two onwards, and... Um, he said he never knew why. Just when he when he went in to record for season two, they asked him if he would voice Mister Burns. Now he'd already been voicing Smithers, so it was just easy for him to jump into Bo. He, he said he never questioned it. And like a, a couple of years later, he asked Matt Groening, like, "What was the deal with um, that other guy leaving and me taking over Mister Burns?" And Matt Groening was like, "Oh, he was just a dick. No one wanted him around." <laughs> That's literally all it is. So this guy missed out on the opportunity to be on The Simpsons and play a really iconic characters because he was an asshole. So. I don't know, it's something kind of nice and inspiring. And, God, I, I wonder how he feel, felt, like, after the show got huge and, like... I know, yeah, it's crazy. It's been, that would make you really... That's karma. Yeah, yeah, exactly, for being a dickhead. Uh, oddly enough, he's dead now, so, you know, everything works out for the better. He wouldn't be able to voice Mr. Burns anyway. But, um, yeah, it's weird. It, it, it's strange because... Harry Shearer is like you know he's iconic as the voice of Mr. Burns but strangely like the voice he's been doing all these years is an impression of what that guy was doing in season one like if you listen to Mr. Burns in season one he doesn't sound that different to what Harry Shearer ended up doing like you would be totally fooled it's always been him it that made me think like as I jumped into this episode Mm. from watching old ones most of them sound the same like Homer sounds the same yes Carol. Large, I could really tell the difference. Oh, uh, yeah, I suppose it's still Julie Kavner. I, yeah, I don't know as, as much. Maybe that's because I, I I watched the show in full, so I've heard the progression happen naturally. But I guess yeah. I guess her her throat is probably starting to hurt from doing that voice so long. <laughs> there's no way that's a, an easy voice to do. Imagine going into a studio every day and talking like this. It's gonna fuck you up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like 10 hours. Yeah, I'm sure the money she's getting makes up for it, but um, yeah. I think they get like 400 grand an episode or something like that, so, you know, they're doing okay. <laughs> and there's like 20... That's another fact. Yeah, there you go, yeah, yeah. Or it might not be factual, but something around that. I think yeah. it is 400 grand, it might be 450, it's definitely not 500, it's it's between 400 and 500. Um, but yeah, think about that, like, they, they do 22 episodes a year, so that's a lot of money. Jesus, <laughs> like, uh... What child? What was Charlie Sheen on on the last season he was in? On he was getting ten million an episode. My 
Yeah, he was the highest bid actor in just TV. Just to be himself. I mean, literally, what an easy gig. He showed up, wasn't even professional, as we know. He showed up and just played Charlie Sheen. And, oh, what a gig. What a, what, what, a, what a mistake he made. That show would still be going now if he didn't. If, he, if that didn't happen, I'd guarantee it. I love Two and a Half Men. Unashamedly, I was obsessed with that show back in the day. No, I, I really enjoyed it when I was younger. It was such this a fun is now show. the part where we jump into the next podcast about Two and a Half Men. <laughs> what would we call that? <laughs> two and a Half Men, like Two and a Half Dills or something like that. <laughs> Who would be two the half? Two Men review Two and a Half Men. Yeah, Two Men on Two and a Half Men, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, they... Can they call it Three Men now, though? He got uh, so old that he wasn't even Half Man anymore. That was some, there was some joke about that. <laughs> I forget who, what stand-up made that joke, but it was like, that show went on for so long that after a while, John Cryer was the half-man. Who, like, John Cryer's the guy who plays Alan. Wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah, you did it. I'm just going to do a quick uh, Dylan's fact of the week. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I will. The, 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 that was when I came up on the spot. I'll, I'll, I'll come up with one. Again, not come up, I, I will research one and write it down for next week. But that, that is a fun one to have, actually. Yeah, just like facts from the show because obviously there's a such a rich rich history of the simpsons um that'll definitely be a fun one to do every week but yeah jumping into my new segment live from london city well a little bit outside of london city it's simpsons news like i said um if you come up with a segment you'd like to add after the show over time by all means do so but i'm obviously gonna stick with my news because for me, the show has always been, this podcast has always been about, like, wanting to focus on the future of The Simpsons, because I feel like any podcast about The Simpsons I've heard, of which there are many, um, dwell on the past so much. So I think the new segment is nice to, like, you know, this is something that's coming forward, something that's happening soon with the show. But um, I have two pieces of news this week. Um, an upcoming episode of The Simpsons will find Marge and Homer's, this is going to be, like, in the 30, this is the 32nd season, yeah, this is going to be in the 33rd season. An upcoming episode will find Marge and Homer uh, getting stranded in an icy wilderness, having to work together to survive. Al Jean, the show's uh, the showrunner, described it as the deepest and most profound exploration of the couple to date, which is a pretty big thing to say. It sounds like a, a cool episode. Um, and the other thing is just something smaller. And, and... What was that? What did you quite say? A statement. Quite a statement, yeah, yeah. Oh no, bit of bit of zoom lagging there. So, Great. Quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's quite a statement, yeah. Um, and the, the, the other one's just like a smaller, funny piece of news. Just a recent episode of the Chase, you know, the quiz show, uh, featured. Um, or sorry. A recent episode of the of the Chase left viewers and the host Bradley Walsh. Um, absolutely baffled as the contestants the four contestants names were Marge, Lisa, Bart and Maggie wait so they have they watch the chase in the US um no this would be the, this would be the UK one but like UK people know what the Simpsons are obviously yeah yeah <laughs> yeah okay. no That's I crazy. I'll send you the clip I'll probably feature the audio in, in this podcast as well because it's so weird it's really like there's always four contestants and they, and they all say their names before the show and they say like what they work as and why they need the money um, but literally their names were I mean like fair enough Maggie and Lisa they're common enough names but yeah. marriage oh. and Bart I don't know if you 
been duly checked. Can a team of four beat one of Britain's finest quiz brains and take home thousands of pounds? Hope so. Let's beat them. I'm Lisa. I'm 33, a fingerprint examiner from Kent. I'm Maggie, 69, a property administrator from Newcastle. I'm Bart, I'm 21, and I'm a history and international relations student from Birmingham. I'm Marge, I'm 71, and I'm a retired counsellor and psychotherapist from South Hertfordshire. And that's my team, the Simpsons. Now, one by one, they'll try and put us... It wasn't set up. It, from the look in his face, he looks like he had no idea this was happening. But oh like the speculation was that like you know they obviously have a, a gigantic list of people who want to be on the show, and yeah. so the speculation is that like one of the producers was a fan and liked that the four of them for Simpsons names, so wanted to get them on. But, I like, think, like the, the Maggie and um, the Maggie and Lisa were obviously going to be somewhere on the list. Yeah. So I think when they saw Marge and Bart, they were like. Right, let's get the Maggie and the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Lisa. They're like, they're probably, like, there's probably so many applications for shows like that. There's probably a few um, Maggie and Lisa's. I, I'd imagine there was only one Marriage and Bears. <laughs> so maybe her name was, was Margaret. And they just said, can you just call yourself Marge? I believe that, it. yeah. Like maybe even Bartholomew. And they're like, can we just call you Bears? <laughs> 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 to be fair, it's a cooler name. I actually, I, I, I really like the name Bears. Might call my kid Bears yeah. someday. Yeah, not Bartholomew, because he no. would get bullied. No, no, Bart. Bart's a cool name, man. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I guess that's pretty much everything, really. Um, this was, like, this was tight. Like, we, we sped through it, but, like I said, we'll find progression and flow as it goes on. But, like I said, I, I'm, 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 I feel happy with this first episode. I thought it went really well. Sure, yeah. Yeah. And we'll have the real-life dynamic next week, and... I don't know. It, it's only going up from here. Yeah, 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 exactly. We'll see what happens from here. It'll be a lot of fun. Me and Sebastian wanting to do a podcast for a while, so it ended up just being a, a good opportunity for us was, you know, bringing Sebastian into this show. Um, hope the Irish audience aren't offended by his accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, apologies, guys. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the majority of my Actually, audience is Irish, so... This is completely not to do with the Simpsons but I just thought it'd be funny to add as we're on the topic of yeah. I'm English and you're Irish yeah my friend my friend's currently in Dublin on like a holiday nice and um his Uber driver pulled up by a bike lane yeah and my friend opened the door to get out and then a bike <laughs> went into the car oh my god and instead of the driver like apologising for <laughs> going in the bike lane uh huh he just called my friend an English prick. What the hell? <laughs> Jesus Christ. That wasn't your friend's fault at all. <laughs> he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking cyclist. Oh, Jesus. That's awful. I mean, that, I mean, that sounds like Dublin, to be fair. Dublin is fucking... <laughs> mean people tend to be... It, it's very, very city and... <laughs> industrialized and everyone there is very angry and tense from my experience <laughs> um but uh like where we live now. what was that like where we live now i mean yeah yeah for sure but D dublin is like see what london is like london's so big that at least you have your space but dublin is a pretty small place trying to be a massive city so it's just so clutters and <laughs> You know, there's too much hustle and bustle going on. They also have the loose. You know what the, you know what the loose is? No. It's like, I couldn't call it an overground, and I couldn't call it a tube. The best description of it would be, it's like a tube, but it's, it's 
it's on the ground. <laughs> it's a mon- monorail. Yeah, I guess I guess it's a monorail. Yeah, but it's actually on the road. Like it's it's really hard to describe. I don't I don't think anything else in the world has something like it. I guess a monorail is the best description though. But it's so weird and it's it's horrible. It's worse than the than, than the underground, like by miles. Um, but uh, yeah, there you go. A little tidbit of uh, English people going to Dublin. <laughs> don't don't go to Dublin. Personally, my least favorite part of Ireland, but it's going to be a place everybody goes if they're going to go to Ireland because it's the it's the iconic place. But every I'm sorry other if anyone's offended. Yeah, it's <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dylan doesn't care. I'm sorry if you're offended. <laughs> um, I'm just not a big fan of Dublin. I've been there enough times that I can say that it's okay. <laughs> See you all next week, or whenever.